This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle. Get in on the conversation at 866-979-ESPN. Now here's your host, the professor, John Clayton. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Jeff in Kent. Hey, Jeff. Hey, John. Uh, real quick, um, the Seahawks are a character-driven team. Yeah. Why do they want to sign a person of questionable character like Adrian Peterson when there's other running backs out there? That's one of the reasons why I didn't watch the Seahawks when they had Warren Moon is because of his character. And, you know, like I won't watch you know, NFL pregame because of Michael Vick being on there. I do not understand why Michael Vick is on national TV. But, yeah, it's just like why sign, you know, a person of less character like Adrian Peterson than somebody else. Well, who who else was available? <clears throat> name me, Aren't name there me... other running backs out there no. available? Not money, no. Not many no, at all. I would, I would take less ability, you know, I'd rather have a character person of maybe lesser ability than somebody like that on my team. Yeah, but you're talking about a Hall of Fame uh, running back in Adrian Peterson. I know he's 36, Who, and he's not going to be playing like a Hall of Fame running back. He's yeah, he's not. I mean, you watch him in that game that he played in. He don't. He don't. He's 36. There has to be. There would have to be somebody else out there. Like I said, I'd rather have, you know, more character, less ability than, uh, you know, than a washed-up uh-huh. um, future Hall of Famer. I mean, yeah, future Hall of Famer of such quality character. You know, what, there's plenty of guys in the Hall of Fame of less character than those guys because character wasn't big in the old days. Well, no, in fact, I mean, one of the things that uh, as a Hall of Fame voter, we're not allowed to uh, take the off-the-field stuff and put it into the vote. We judge for what yeah, people do on the field. Yeah, yeah. But I was just, you know, okay, so you say there was nobody else out there. That There's not many players out there done. right now. It's like not many at all for running backs. Okay. All right. Um, and, you know, and once again, my Cougs, they lost. But like I said, injuries and illness, mm-hmm. that's what's going to take them down. Jackson was out. You know, Williams was out. Their starting point guard was out. So, yeah, those two losses hurt. But I can see it because of, you know, the injuries. And Jackson, right. that Jackson kid, I really like. So uh-huh. he's out. He's been out the last two games. Um, he makes a difference. No doubt. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. Have a good Christmas, John. Okay, thank and you. I'll talk to you soon. All right, Jeff. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Scott in Mercer Island. Hey, Scott. Hey, John. How are you? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Hey, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, coaches on the hot seat. Yeah. We already lost one in Urban Meyer in thank Jacksonville. Thank God. What a, what a debacle that was. Uh-huh. Uh, who do you think is next? I, I think Joe Judge and the Giants, he, he's got to go. The I agree. Are, are garbage. Yeah, but I, I would think the next one's Matt uh, Nagy down in Chicago, over in Chicago. And then you, you think he hasn't done a good enough job with Fields? No, it's not even close. Yeah. I mean, they're one of the worst teams in football right now. The offense yeah, is terrible. 
but I agree. I think Joe Judge should be in trouble. And, you know, one of the things that's not going to help him is the fact that uh, Jacob Gettleman, the general manager, is not going to be back. I mean, he's either going to retire or get fired, one of the two. Yeah, the Giants need an overhaul. Maybe they should bring back Coughlin. Uh, a little too <laughs> old right now. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, who do you think are the top candidates right now for some open spots? I know Peterson has yeah. not had a job. Yeah, Peterson's but. up there. Certainly, I think uh, Byron Lefwich, Eric Bieniemy, uh, Jim Caldwell. Uh, you, you can go through a, a long, pretty good list right now of guys that can be available. Uh, you know, Brian Dable in Buffalo. What do you think about Dan Quinn getting another chance? I doubt it right now. I think he's happy right now on the Dallas Cowboys, you know, coaching the defense. Yeah, he's got that defense flying around. Yeah, yeah. So I don't see him getting one. Who do you, who do you like? Um, as a coach? Yeah. I mean, I think I think Kellen Moore had a lot of potential at the beginning, but I think Peterson needs to get another chance. I think he'd be a better fit in Jacksonville, uh-huh. Super Bowl winning coach. Yeah, the only thing is, I you know, I don't know if Peterson wants to go down there because it's such a bad franchise. Yeah, but is he just holding out for another a better job? He hasn't coached in what two years. Uh, you no, know, I think he's looking for the right opportunity. He's also yeah. still being paid by the Eagles. He's being paid still. Yeah. Oh, that must be nice. Yeah, because you know, remember. <clears throat> coaches' contracts are all guaranteed. Right. So it's like... Uh, yeah. Taking some money from the couch. That can't be too bad. Yeah, and of course, remember, he got a, he got an upgrade uh, in his contract, so he's on a multi, he was on a multi-year deal. Yeah, that's... I didn't, I didn't realize that, but yeah. yeah, I think he deserves another job, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, John, what's your second favorite sport? Um, I'd say baseball. Yeah. What about you? All right. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably go with uh, college basketball. Uh-huh. Go Zags. There you go. Yeah. And yeah. How, how are they doing today? Well, the game started 10 minutes ago, so I got oh, okay. so we playing te- too early to playing call. Playing Texas Tech. We need, to, we need to get a win after being on bye from you mm-hmm. getting COVID. No doubt. Yeah, so. And what's your thoughts on Mark Few? I mean, I think he's one of the best coaches. I think it's awesome that he got called into the U.S. national team to help coach. Yeah. I think he made a mistake this offseason. They didn't really punish him that hard, but kind of what you expect nowadays. Uh Uh-huh. But great coach. No doubt. Yeah, it's like a... Uh, so, are you enjoying this basketball season? Um, yeah. I mean, I think everyone has a chance right now. Nobody's really dominating. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of number ones have gone down, which just means March Madness should be fun. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, the question is yeah. going to be, you know, with COVID nineteen, how many uh, how many different guys are going to, uh, you know, uh, how many teams have to cancel games, forfeit games, do whatever. Uh, because again, there's a lot of movement right now with some of, some of that. I think what uh, I just looked at a list and there's something, something like about you know 15 to 18 uh, colleges right now that have had something affected by COVID-19. 
Yeah, this this time of year doesn't look good right now. We made it through the college football season, mm-hmm. almost through the NFL, even though it's looking dicey right now. But hopefully we can figure out a way to stay healthy and get these games played because I know that's what everybody yeah. wants, at least in the organizations. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Yeah, because, again, you don't want to have cancellations or anything else. But, uh, you know, the postponement, you know, at least buy a little bit of time. But I still wonder if these three teams, you know, Cleveland, Washington, and Rams are going to have enough players available to be able to play. Right. And then with the Tuesday game, the yeah. turnaround is too quick. People aren't – players are going to be not happy about this. No, but, of course, if the game's forfeited, I mean, the players don't get any money. But, of course, they do get a chance to rest. Right. I think that most, eh, some of them would want the money over the game. but Yeah, you would think so. But also, yeah. too, they, they're they concerned about safety and everything else. So we'll see where that yeah. all heads. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's might, all, all pretty crazy. Yeah, we might be in store for an NFL game every day of the week for here on out. So Could be, not yeah. Not too mad about that. No, no, nothing wrong with that because now we got, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, my favorite time of year, football on all day. I know, good stuff. Yeah. All right, John, I appreciate you taking the time. Merry Christmas to you and Pat. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Guess what? The Browns added another player on the COVID list. Right tackle James Hudson, he goes on the COVID list. So, I mean, the list keeps growing on all these teams as opposed to shrinking. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Rick in Twin Lakes. Hey, Rick. Hey, good morning, John. Good morning. Uh, you sound uh, a whole lot better today. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, I was going to call them last week, but I didn't want to add to the pile, man. I said, this guy is not feeling well. And uh-huh. I said, let me stay off the air for a while. But anyway, um, I wanted to give a shout-out to Rashad Penny. Yeah. As you know, I've been one of his critics. Right. And, of course, he deserved the criticism. Uh-huh. But it seems as though he was inspired by the veteran Adrian Peterson. Uh-huh. Because he didn't exactly have the best role model uh, when he came in, uh, Marshawn Lynch. Because Lord knows I love Marshawn Lynch. I mean, he's great personality, and he, you know, he was. But he, you know, he didn't work that hard. You remember yeah. him not wanting to get off the bus, and you know, in the touchdown celebration where he, you know, he falls backwards in the uh, end zone, holding his Johnson and stuff like. That. He wasn't exactly the best guy to learn from no. as far as being a pro. But um, like I said, you gotta want it, you know. And um, apparently, Adrian Peterson inspired um, um, Rashad. I mean, it was uh-huh. great. It's great to see that. And I hope he continues it. You know, one game don't make a career or a season. But I just hope he. Uh, it, it was good to see, and I hope he continues um, his progress. And they need him. There's no doubt about it. Oh, no doubt about it. The other thing I wanted to address. Yeah. This holier than thou guy who says that. People of um, questionable character. Uh-huh. Um, that really chaps my hide. I mean, we're human. We're all human, and we make mistakes. Right. And Adrian Peterson, I guess he got in trouble for disciplining his son too harshly. A lot of times that comes with how you were brought up. You know, is what your father did to you. You seem to do it. But but anyway, and, and Michael Vick, 
he fought dogs. Uh-huh. It, was, it was definitely cruel. It was something that I would not uh, do because I love dogs. But it was a culture down there, down south. They they, they fight dogs. Yeah. And um and as far as I know, he, he's paid his debt, and and you, and you move on. But you don't act like you know somebody is is not worthy. You know they should have a scarlet letter written on their forehead for the rest of their life because uh-huh. um you know they got they made a mistake and they got caught. So, you know, to me, to, to hear somebody uh, talk about somebody like that, you know, um, it's not like they robbed the bank and shot somebody or sold drugs to school kids. But, um, you know, it, it's, you have to uh, learn to forgive. You know, there's only been one perfect person on earth, as far as I know, and they crucified that dude. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, we got to live and let live, you know. No uh, that's, that's what I believe. And, you know, it's a Pete Carroll. If there, if there ever was an NFL a casting for uh, Father Flanagan of uh, Boys Town, it would definitely be Pete Carroll, because he brings in all these guys and he believes in uh, you know second chances and everything. Right. But um, but if anybody was going to give somebody a second chance, it would definitely be Pete. He can overlook that stuff. So oh, like I, I know I've made my mistakes in my life, and and, and I knew every everybody else has too, you know. Right. But uh, but you you got to be a little bit more forgiving in this world. Oh, hundred percent. And, and that being said. Have a Merry Christmas. Okay, Rick, thank you. You have a great Christmas yourself. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Bob in Bellevue. Hey, Bob. John, all right, you're feeling better. Can I give you a little tip for the morning that I learned when I was in Asia? What's Every that? morning, drink some lemon water. Just cut some a lemon what? and put it in water. London, London water? No, lemon. Just a lemon oh, and lemon water. water. Yeah. Okay. And it helps the throat a lot. You know, uh-huh. they do it every single morning. And, it, you know, for me for a while, I just got, you know, it was like, ugh, tang. But after a while, I noticed my throat was like, ah, much better. Uh-huh. So it was just a little tip, you know, for because you do, you know, your profession, you're always talking on the air, right. doing this and that. So I'm sure it kind of bothers you. So this is my question for you, John. I just wanted to go straight to football. Okay. I'm looking at these teams like Dallas 9-4, Green Bay ten and three, Tampa ten and three, and Arizona ten and three, and they're relying on killer quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the day that, and I still believe it, that defense wins Super Bowls. My friends laughed at me, so I said, "You know what? I'm going to call the professor yeah. and ask the guy that really knows football." So I'm asking you, sir, do you still believe in that, or did you ever believe that a good defense can win? You Super Bowls no. against these Qu- quarterbacks win Super Bowls. Simple as that. Oh, okay. The better the quarterback, the better chance you have of going to the Super Bowl. I mean, you know, so uh, they're they're the key, and so it's like, yeah, defenses do help. Defenses keep you in the game, but quarterbacks win Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Simple okay, as that. But I, I was going. I'm sorry to interrupt, sir, but I was just going after the fact that yeah, when we saw Kansas City. Mm-hmm. You know, with Mahomes, and he just got destroyed. You know, in the last Super Bowl, it was just like that was the defense that just shut him down. Don't you think that could affect a good quarterback? A defense can affect the game and all that stuff, but uh, you know, look at the quarterback he was going against, Tom Brady. He's the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. But their defense wasn't the greatest of all time, and they shut them down. Who? Tampa Bay. Yeah. The defense is. I mean, that's a good defense. Now it wasn't having. A great finish the last year, but that's a really good defense. 
Okay, I got you. So you're saying that it's the QB that would It's win the QB. The yeah, because, again, it's the QB that's got to get you all through the playoffs, go against the other quarterback, and get you in there. And, again, it's a quarterback-driven league. Simple as that. Okay, but then how about this argument, then? Every team that has a quarterback with those high-priced um, contracts, like Seattle, yep. Kansas City, are never going to go to the Super Bowl again because they – you know, like 25% of their cap is going to one person. Well, no, it's not, it's not 25%. It's at the most, it's going to be 15 to 16%. Okay. So do you buy into that argument that they're going to, you know, no. not make it to... No, no, I don't. Again, it's like, you know, what everybody talks about, like, for example, particularly in the AFC, it's like, well, yeah, but these teams, you know, didn't make it to the Super Bowl. That's because Tom Brady went to 10 of them. <laughs> True. Okay. All right. Thanks for the call, sir. All right. Thank, thank you. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Coming up next, it's our daily dose of the Graz, or weekly dose of the Graz with Dave Grosby. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. It is time for our weekly dose of the Graz with Dave Grosby. David, how are you today? Good, John. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well, and you have an announcement. Yeah, this is the last time, John. This is the last time, uh, Sports Saturday. Uh, we've been uh, on the air together for uh, three decades. years, I think. 30 I think years. Just like three weeks shy of 30 years. I, I think it was uh, just January of, of 91. So uh-huh. uh, it's been a long time, and, and uh, I'm on the second annual uh, Graz uh, 710 ESPN farewell tour in hashtags This Time They Mean It. And it begins with uh, with a visit with you. I and I appreciate you making the announcement on this show and waiting to make the announcement on this show. So uh, so what what's going to happen with Graz in the future? Uh, hopefully, John, I can keep myself alive as, yeah. as uh, various and sundry slings and arrows are are, are firing my way. But um, um, that that's that's my immediate goal right now. And then and then we'll see. I mean, I I, I still feel like. I probably got a little bit of un, un, unfinished business with someone whose name we probably all know, uh, and may do some stuff like that. But um, on the other hand, too, you know, I've, I've been at it for a long time. I've had a 49-year career, all told, um, with the, the health stuff that I'm dealing with. Uh, it would be almost impossible for me to ever think about doing a regular show again. So I may still be around, but um, I think my days of doing a regularly scheduled show are, are over. And they've actually, you know, been over for a couple of years. I've just been filling in for the past couple of years as as uh, ESPN and, and uh, Bonneville was just wonderful to me to give yeah. me a chance to to, to kind of say a long goodbye, as a, a lack of a better way of putting it, and 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 let me uh, let me have some dignity after some some very difficult uh, circumstances I went through and. And I really appreciated that, and I appreciated them. So uh, this is uh, this is um, this is a good time. It's going to be good times for the next couple of weeks, and then uh, we will see what happens afterwards. But uh, just uh, Bonneville has been a great place to work, and I am really really appreciative of of having had the chance to do that and having a chance to sing their praises a little bit. Well, and this of course is, is, is our last show together, and uh, you still have a week, a couple more weeks where you're going to be on the air a little bit. Yeah, I'll do uh, Tuesday, Jake and Stacy, and then one more yeah. Tuesday with Jake and Stacy. Okay, okay. And then that'll be it. Yeah. And then I'm gonna, I'm gonna. They actually asked me if I'd be willing to, might as well pull, pull everyone from behind the curtain, uh, to, to write something, and I'm yeah. gonna write something. I'm actually giving a lot of thought to it because, uh, you know, it's, it's different nowadays when, when, when your career would end uh, in, in broadcasting or even in the newspapers, like as you know. 
uh, back in our day, you know, when it would end, it was over. Yeah. You were done. There were no more outlets. But uh, in this day and age now, there are other outlets, and and uh, so there's still there's still Twitter to communicate on, and, and there's podcasting, and there's all kinds of kinds of things like that. But at the same time, this is also for me uh, the passage of, of something that I started doing because of my father. You know, my father took me to visit his radio station in Akron, Ohio, when I was 11 years old, and, and I, I'll never forget the feeling I had in, in looking at the guys in, in, in these rooms with the big white cork board barking mm-hmm. out uh, in perfect addiction, uh, you know, who the top hits were, and, and it was just, uh, it was uh, this is what I want to do. And um, uh, my dad was my hero, and, and I wanted to go into his business, but try not to do it the way he did it, and he was the, he was a sales guy, and I, I did it on air, and and um, so I was able to was able to do that. Was able to was able to do what I wanted to do in my life for the reasons that I wanted to do it. And um, it stayed fun till just about the end. Although a few things happened to change things at the end a little bit. Yeah, no doubt. You know, and you know how sad I am to uh, not be with you because again, we have been together 30 years, a little less than 30 years, but pretty close to 30 years. And we've had so much you know great time together that uh, you know I, I am so much going to miss you. Well, John, I'll, I'll tell you what, you know, and, and you, you're very much a revolutionary, as uh, I think I and we were here in Seattle uh, when, when, uh, when, when we started at KJR. That yeah. was the third or fourth radio station in the country to contemplate doing an all-sports format, and um, you know, it, it had been going on with with some success for a little period of time in New York. I think there was another one going on in Philadelphia. Minnesota was just going to start up, and then uh, Barry Ackerley wanted to start Seattle up, and it, it seemed like an unlikely place for it. And and I remember, uh, you know, having my doubts as, as to whether or not I thought it would work. I actually had, had heard about Cairo when I came up here from Southern California and figured that was the place that I would land. But you know, lo and behold, you know that, that we we started sports radio in this town. We we really were at the very beginning of it. And and you, at the same way, blazed your own trail. You 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 blazed the trail onto ESPN. Uh, that um, that showed that that uh, you, I think you're incredibly influential in that sense. That uh, you showed that that if you want to be on on the beat and you want to be covering a team, it's got to be 24/7. Yeah. It's got to be 24/7. The 24-hour news cycle was made for a guy like John Clayton because John Clayton is always willing to outwork everyone. And uh, so you were a very revolutionary person to be involved with as well. And and I think it was kind of with that under the underlying, we, we kind of knew we were onto something different. And uh, it made us, uh, I think, instant friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know from my standpoint, I had an instant respect for you. You know, that was that was just immediate and to the point where I, I knew that I could tease you about stuff and you wouldn't get upset. And yeah. and people would look and say, you can't say that, John. I'll go nuts. It's like, it's okay. Uh, it's okay. So. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, it was really a huge part of, of, of the fun here was was doing the things in various and sundry ways with you and watching you put put together a Hall of Fame career and seeing it start from the beginning and seeing it happen just like it does for Michael Jordan, just like it does for Tiger Woods because of hard work. Sure, you got some regular skills, but you outworked everyone, and that's what the great ones do. The great ones work harder. It's got nothing more to do than that, and John Clayton is the poster boy for working harder. What was the biggest thing, as you look at for the 30 years, in you being able to you know, basically shape sports radio here in Seattle? I think uh, you know, <laughs> I've, I've been lucky enough when I think about it that you know, I think of most of the guys on air right now in this town. Yeah. Uh, mo- uh, half of them have been producers of mine at one point in time, or or produced a show of mine. I mean, of course, uh, Gas was was my producer for six months. Bob Stelton produced some of my my, my shows for a while. Softy 
uh, was a producer of my shows for a while. Um, I, I think I'm, I'm most proud of the fact also that, that really I, I've had a chance to literally work with, with everyone uh, that, that's been a that's been in sports radio in Seattle since it started, with with one or two exceptions. I mean, you know, I've been worked with with um, with, with uh, Chuck uh, over there at, at ESPN, but just about everyone else and, and just about everyone over here as well. So, you know, having a chance to be a part of the first station. Uh, to really kind of one of the first stations to go about doing it, and then having a chance to be part of of a second station that doing it from the beginning was was just terrific. And and I found them two uniquely different experiences. Uh, you know, the the um, the Bonneville experience was was much more, more an ESPN experience, and it's important to separate those two. Uh, you know, ESPN is the programming, Bonneville is the ownership, and uh, you know the ESPN style, uh, the ESPN uh, approach was something that I didn't agree with, something that, that uh, did not come normally to me, did not come easily to me, but but I said to myself, you know, I mean, this is a, this is a chance to learn something, and, and how often do you get a chance to do that when you get older? And then, uh, you know, a, a big thing for me with with, uh, with, um, with 710 was uh, they allowed me to do the Seattle U broadcast, and this brought me back full circle with my father, who, who I started off uh, doing basketball games for him when I was in high school, and we did Iona College games, and Jim Valvano was the head coach, and he wound up being uh, wound up being uh, like my uh, my surrogate father there on the road for about three years, and and my father absolutely loved the, loved working with the Jesuits, loved working with the university, just uh, was thrilled that I liked it, and it was I had a chance to do NCAA uh, tournament basketball games when I was in my teens, and then to come back over to to 710 and have that exact same opportunity with a with a Jesuit school going Division One and and uh, bringing in Cameron Dollar and 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 Bill. Hogan, who I worked with, was just, you know, for nine years, that was that was just that was just a thrill. It was it was really something special to have uh, the chance to, to kind of go back and, and touch that uh, thing with my father, who who unfortunately passed away back in uh, back in 2006, and, and didn't have a chance to see it. But uh, you know, I did I did follow in his his footsteps, and, and was proud to be his son. What are, what are some of your favorite memories through the 30 years here in Seattle radio? Boy, I don't know, John. I think I can. I can think. <laughs> uh, how, how about in uh, in '95, um, after the um, after the Game Five uh, game against the Yankees, uh, being on the air for two hours. This is on Cairo. Yeah. And uh, and saying, isn't anyone going to buy the Graza drink? When I was doing a two-hour post-game show, and a and a guy coming by with a tray of about 30 drinks on it. Wow. And I went, look at what you guys did, and I turned over and knocked it all over. Oh, jeez. Uh, just, I mean, a, a crash unlike anything you've ever heard. But the fun thing was being on the radio for five hours after that game into the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. The players came over, uh, you know, other other guys came over. I mean, that was just unreal. Uh, going going to Chicago in 96 with, with the Sonics playing the Bulls and Jordan's year back and having won those two games here and, and maybe having something special be able to happen back there was, was just terrific as well. I mean, heck, the, the first year, full year I was here, was the was the ultimate Husky team, the Don James team, and and taking a plane full of people in a, down to, to to see the Rose Bowl game, and then having finding out what what what's really fun when you're talking about going down to Rose Bowls, taking the Cougars down for their first Rose Bowl in 40 years, and going down with them in '97, and hanging out with Mike Price and 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 all those things. Uh, you know, the, the most fun has been has been stuff like that, and then and I, I emphasize this point as well. I I loved 
more than anything, dealing with and, and getting to meet with people. So I loved being at the JNM for about nine years before Seahawks games where I'd swear and, and scream at people and, and, and get people psyched up for the games. I loved doing that. I loved going to the, the Quinault, which we, we did uh, years and years worth of things there and, and just talking up people and, and uh, never got tired of it. I, I never got tired of it. It was always one of the, one of the best things about the job in, in my book was that people seemed to know you and they seemed to like you. I mean, who, who could want a better deal out of a job? And, of course, one of the great parts about Graz is the fact that uh, you were so involved through the years with charities. Talk about some of those charities and what you've been able to do, because obviously you were involved in a lot. Yeah, yeah, and, and a big shout-out to my, my pal Gas for, for starting us out with the uh, Graz with Gasathon, which was a 16-year uh, labor of love and and you know it was great. I, I got uh, I, I got to be very good friends with with uh, Bill North, uh, who is a great baseball player, of course, from here, and was very involved in the central area. And so I, I raised money for for a central area youth association, the CAYA, and 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 that was that was near and dear. And and it, it was to me it was the idea that you could play golf, that you could you could uh, just you know do an auction for someone, and you actually were helping out and and raising money, and people would want you to do it was was just something that I couldn't believe. I mean, I wasn't very smart about it because people started to make good money for doing auctions, and I never, I never charged for doing an auction because I just, I just felt like I was, I was getting the opportunity to do it. So, uh, yeah, it was, um, it, that was, that was, that was the thing about the job that that I thought made you feel great is that you actually were in a position to do stuff like that. And look, it's not like doing really heavy lifting or anything like that. It's, it's by having a party. It's by hosting a golf tournament. It's it's uh, me and Gas had our own golf tournament for a few years where we did that. So that was that was as much fun a, a part of the job as anything. Oh, no doubt about it. And of course, uh, you know, you were you were so involved in so many different things and all that stuff. And of course, I mean, such such a great career. And of course, I mean, what what did cause you to move to Seattle? Uh, funny that you mentioned that, John, because I was down in L.A. and yeah. I was um, doing mornings and and was fairly miserable at it, was doing news and wasn't doing particularly good at it and, and was uh, looking to get out. And my wife, uh, who I had recently married, was well, my father got her a job with a, with a national rep firm and, and uh, she knew that we were unhappy down there. And she says, you know, I'm, I'm repping a station in Seattle who's talking about going all sports. And I'm like, well, all sports doesn't make any sense. And she's like, well, I, I'm, I'm meeting with the national sales manager, and, 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 you know, maybe we can meet with her, and maybe we can see if there's something going on there. And, and I was, you know, very patronizing, very patronizing, you know, tut, tut, tut. I'm like, look, honey, here's something that you don't understand about, about broadcasting, you know, just full of myself, mm-hmm. that, um, you know, sales people can get other sales people jobs, but sales people really can't get on-air people jobs. It just doesn't work out that way. So it's nice that you're thinking that it could, but um, it's just not going to work out that way. And, and so we, we, we met her anyway and, and uh, had a very nice time. And, of course, this was uh, Allison Hesse, who I, I know you know mm-hmm. and you remember from the days of KJR. And she was absolutely in a position to, to say, hey, look, we're, 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 going, we're going full sports up here at, in, in uh, Seattle. And uh, we were gonna, you know, there, originally Bob Blackburn was going to host the show. And uh, John McLeod, the old uh, Notre Dame coach, was doing color. Uh, I think I think actually that's when he took the Notre Dame job. And for some reason, they didn't think that Kevin Calabro could do the games by himself. So they had Bob Blackburn go back on those broadcasts, and it meant they needed a, a fill-in at least uh, show host. And and um, Allison said, well, I know someone in L.A. who might work. And I didn't actually have a tape of me doing a sports talk show. There really weren't many done that back then. So. Uh, we were carrying the Raiders. That was the Jay Schrader, Bo Jackson Raiders. And um, I, I asked if they could put me on a pregame show. 
so I could um, so I could get a tape together to, to apply to this job in, in Seattle. And so they did. I did a pregame show with Jim Plunkett for I don't remember what the game was for. That was the, the piece of tape that I gave him that, that got me hired up here. So uh, I never you know thought about leaving a few times, but but never did. I still remember one of our first experiences together is 91 when we t- tried to do a reenactment of the Miami-Washington uh, yeah. game, and we had all kind of fun with that, just you know, really making it up as we went along. Well, this is when I knew that you were you were something a little bit unusual because yeah. I, I said, look, look, why don't we try this, John? I got this idea to do a, a computer mock-up of, of Washington and Miami. They're both undefeated, and, and Billy Joe said, let's dog the Rose Bowl, but we can't do that, so let's do a computer game. Yeah. And see see who wins. And, and I remember you saying, that's a great idea. Do you know how to do that? And I said, I have no idea. I said, but I can write up a little script and we can pretend to do it and just say that that's what it is. Uh-huh. And I didn't think you'd do it. Your eyes just twinkled, man. You says, yeah, yeah, that's great. So I wrote up a little script for us to work off of. We did an imaginary play-by-play of, of Washington versus Miami. I think we had uh, a punt return for a touchdown uh, by uh, – by, um, Mariel Bailey to win it, to win the game, and um, it actually Dan Patrick on ESPN that night flashed it up with 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 a score, and and uh, I remember thinking I can't believe we fooled ESPN on something like that back in the days when stuff like that could happen, and uh, it was it was just it was with that spirit of of mischievousness and uh, that spirit of fun it was how we kind of started off sports radio here. And it, it's what, you know, I've had a lot of people who tell me that we're on the air up here now that they listen to me growing up. And, and it's always great to hear that. And, and they all, almost always use the word it was a lot of fun, too. And that's, that's great to hear also because um, we, we did make it fun up here. We didn't make it necessarily ripping guys left and right, but, but, but gave it a little bit of wit and gave it a little bit of fun and, and gave it a little bit of inclusiveness for everyone. And, and it, was, uh, it was fun then. It's, it's fun to this very moment right now. Talk a little bit about, uh, you know, Mike Gastineau and what he's meant as a friend. You know, it's funny. Me and Mike, uh, we, I, I, I'd be willing to say that we got closer since uh, since we stopped working together, um, since uh, since '91. Um, we, we've just become better friends. I mean, I think we, we both consider ourselves brothers. Uh, you know, he, he's he was a brother that I, I felt that from. I don't know, five minutes after I met him, for that for that matter, we, we talked about doing a show, even though he was producing me at the time. We talked about doing a show almost immediately. We still ran through a couple of hiccups while, while we did it, but um, we did do it, and, and it went great. And then, you know, had the two-year run, um, the two-hour show run that, that just was, was perfectly timed out for us. I think we had respect for each other uh, and uh, had uh, really liked each other and really thought each other was funny. And I mean that was that was just it sounds like simple things, but but that was the basis of it right there. And um, you know when when Mike walked away uh, from 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 his job, uh, you know he, he I think some other people kind of walked away from him, and we had a chance to to really get close again. And then when I went through my stuff um, a couple of years back, he was standing right there. So I, I would say that our friendship right now is as good as it has ever been. And um, it's it's like I said, it's it's like having an extra brother. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, how do you kind of look right now where Seattle radio is in comparison to other cities? Well, I, I think it's healthy finally that you have two stations. I mean, it was, for a long time it was just one, and, and you know that was because we were pretty darn good, and it was tough, yeah. tough to attack us. But, you know, it, it's, it's two different approaches is what you have in this town. I can speak to that without giving away any proprietary secrets or anything like that. 
the ESPN approach that, that, that is being practiced over at 710 is a different approach than what's happening at, at, at 950. So you don't have two mirror, mirror opposites of each other. You've got, you've got two different distinctive voices uh, that are that are doing sports radio in in those ways and and look it's funny it's it's I'm not sure how long it lasts in, in its current thing John I think you know the idea of what sports radio is is going to last the delivery system is not it, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna change it's already basically going to streaming now like like everything else is and what that will mean remains to be seen but you know what in this town. Uh, 710 ESPN, uh, KJR, those will be names that will affiliate people with sports. Those will be good. Mo- those will be monikers that you'll want to have because they signify, you know, sports programming to people. And that's, you know, that's 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 kind of what the legacy is for that. Um, and uh, it's, I just, I marvel at you, John, but but others who do it too because this job when I started, you know, what what I would do is I'd drive in from work, and I hope I'm not going too late on you here. I'd, I'd drive in from work and, and I'd drive down to uh, to Pike Place Market and go to Bulldog News mm-hmm. and I'd grab three or four out-of-town newspapers. And I knew right then I, I had a leg up on everyone else that I was talking with or talking to in the audience because there was no Internet. There was no way to find out what else was going on in other places unless you did that. So mm-hmm. there, there was no there was no instant information. And you did your show and, you, and that was it. And anything that happened after that, you teased the show for. Uh, I remember reading emails on the air when that was that was you know something that had never been done before and and, and was a new thing uh, for crying out loud. Now, now it's it's 24/7. Now the guys I I think they're amazing. They they do their their four-hour shifts and they go right back on 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 social media and 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 pulling a pulling a, an all-nighter every night. So it's uh it's the job is really really difficult, much more difficult nowadays than it used to be. No doubt. Well, Roz, I can't tell you <clears throat> how much I'm going to miss you. I mean, you taught me radio. And you made me, you know, in many ways, what I'm so lucky to be. And I will never forget that. And I will never forget our friendship and our times together. Love you, John. Love you. Hey, and best of luck. Take care of your health and have a good Christmas. And, you know, good luck after this. Thanks, buddy. Okay. That's our, that's Dave Grosby. Going to miss him. You know, this is our last show together. He's got two uh, coming up with uh, Jake and Stacy in the next two Tuesdays. <clears throat> and then he'll be writing for the website, all those different things. So, again, that's Dave Grosby. And, of course, just going to miss him so much. He's meant so much to me, my wife, everybody else. And so, uh, you know, we'll uh, come back, 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN, John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. Our thanks to Matt Nelson for running the show. Our thanks for Matt Nelson for producing the show. And our thank Dave Grosby for being such a great friend and a teacher for 30 years. Going to miss him a lot. We only have a couple of minutes, but let's go to Commando Dave because I didn't want to make sure that, uh, you know, I wanted to make sure you had a chance to say something. Oh, 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 John Clayton, Merry Christmas to you, Mrs. Clayton, and all the John Clayton Show listeners. Man, it's great to be back on the John Clayton Show. Shout out to Matt MC Nelson for getting me on the airways of 710 Cairo, home if you can't lose another game, Seattle Seahawks, so I can bring it to the show. And while I'm giving shout outs, John Clayton, let me give one to uh, all of the Survivor Pool, Fantasy Football, and Trade Russell Wilson callers. See how sick you finally made John Clayton? Did you hear him on with Ed earlier? Are you going to just keep coming at him with those ridiculous calls until he goes full-blown Howard Beals? Please, 
join me in making a pact for 2022. Put your hand on your radio. And no more of those calls next year. On to, on to, break. And while I'm on the subject of uh, keeping you healthy, John Clayton, Jet gave you the uh, tip of emergency. Another caller said lemon water. Robert Turbin said, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, elderberry and, and cider vinegar. My suggestion is when you get back on the sideline, go with the Lombardi trench coat, Sam White check scarf, and Tom Landry hat. Uh, back in the day, you, you used to carry a boulder bag of brandy, didn't you? No, I could carry a what? A boulder bag full of brandy. No, not re- well. Yeah, I guess Sorry, I did. That's yeah, that's a joke, man. I'm messing yeah, with no. you. Yeah, <laughs> no. Hey, look. Uh, and and continuing on uh, with my end of and we the year and we got to be brief because we have Seattle Sports Saturday is coming up. Look, uh, shout out to Dave Grosby. Uh, thank you for all the fun radio moments we've had over the years. Nothing like inducing those giant belly laughs on the garage with gas mails, and never forget the times at the J and M before the hot games. I know I speak for all the listeners when I say we're going to miss you on the John Clayton show. Best to uh, Mrs. Clayton. Rest up, John Clayton. Go see Hot Talk and Roll. Okay, Commando, thank you. Have a great Christmas. Coming up next, Seattle Sports Saturday. Uh, This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle.